This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Reynolds has turned the page to what's next by making it possible for you to retail anywhere. Discover your next chapter at reyrey.com slash me. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash me. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, February 27th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... Nissan says it will qualify for full U.S. EV tax credits starting in 2026. Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares took a big pay cut last year. And Tesla overtakes Ford for the first time in brand loyalty. Plus, a look at the efforts to save Jeep's Belvedere, Illinois plant. Belvedere is basically a melting pot of workers who have been laid off at other plants and have found a home in Belvedere. And now the cycle continues. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Nissan says it will be able to comply with U.S. local sourcing rules for electric vehicle tax credits starting in 2026. That says the automaker consolidates platforms and drivetrains for more competitive EVs. Nissan will begin offering six EV nameplates in the U.S. market starting that year. The lineup will include a next-generation Leaf hatchback and the Aria crossover, as well as four new models made for the Nissan and Infiniti brands at its Canton, Mississippi plant. The latter models, two sedans and two crossovers, will qualify for the full $7,500 EV incentive, according to COO Ashwani Gupta. Gupta says Nissan's efforts to tap into the tax credits offered under the Inflation Reduction Act will be achieved through compliance with rules on final assembly, content from foreign entities of concern, and the localization of battery components and minerals. Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares's 2022 pay fell 14% to just under 15 million euros. That's according to filings on Friday. Tavares did not receive a retention bonus in 2022 compared with a bonus of about 2 million euros in 2021. Last week, Stellantis reported profits that beat forecasts due to strong car prices and greater-than-expected merger benefits. But the automaker warned of pricing pressure as industry-wide supply chain problems ease up. Last year, Tavares' compensation of around 17.4 million euros drew an angry response in France from some trade unions, which urged politicians to take measures to cap executive salaries. The world's largest battery maker is offering to cut prices for Chinese automakers. According to four people who spoke with Reuters, China's CATL has offered smaller domestic electric vehicle makers discounted prices on batteries. The discount offers included a clause that shocked the auto industry after a year of rising prices, a built-in assumption that prices of lithium carbonate, a key component in auto batteries, would fall by more than half. Analysts say the move shows CATL's cost advantage from investments in lithium mining and refining and its determination to knock back the challenge from smaller Chinese rivals such as CALB and EVE Energy, which have factories ramping up this year. And General Motors and Tesla are the big winners in the 2022 Automotive Loyalty Awards, with Tesla topping Ford for U.S. brand loyalty for the first time. That's according to S&P Global Mobility Today. Amid a three-year industry-wide slump in customer loyalty, GM managed to win the Overall Loyalty to Manufacturer Award for the eighth straight year. Tesla's win for Overall Loyalty to Make marks the first year in the last decade that Ford has not won the award. 
Ford won the award in 2021 for the 12th consecutive year, powered by its customers' longstanding allegiance to F-Series trucks. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Nissan says they'll qualify for full EV tax credits in 2026. How big of a boost is this for Nissan in the race for EV adoption? You know, it's a great show of confidence uh, in their ability to uh, get their sourcing in line with the Inflation Reduction Act. We really haven't heard from any foreign automakers saying uh, they expect to get the full $7,500 tax credit. So uh, it's really a, a big breakthrough for them. Of course, you know, Nissan has really been eclipsed by Ford and Hyundai Kia. But Nissan was really a, an early mover in this new wave, modern wave of EVs. They came out with the Leaf. Uh, shortly before, around the same time as Tesla's Model S, it didn't really hit the market with the same uh, same energy. Uh, but they've really learned from that. They've come back now with the Aria, and they're going to have two more uh, Nissans and two more Infinities made in U.S. plants. So, could be very competitive by mid-decade. Interesting. Coming up, the plant that builds the Jeep Cherokee in Illinois is scheduled to go idle at the end of this month. We'll hear about efforts to bring new life to the Belvedere plant. Next on Daily Drive. Reynolds and Reynolds recently announced a new logo and brand image to better reflect the company it is today and its vision for the future. Hear what Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds and Reynolds, has to say about Reynolds' rebrand and the next chapter. I think, you know, if you look back, it really started, you know, probably two years ago with a new leadership team in place and the decision to kind of look at how we can be a better company and how we can better serve our customers and how we can help them be more successful. But it's really accelerated the last, you know, 12 months. This is a commitment to a new kind of company in my eyes and a new way of kind of cohabitating in the industry, helping our customers be more successful. And, uh, you know, the marketing side of this is, I mean, it's certainly important to help to have a marketing organization that, you know, kind of takes your messages and makes them concise and, and impactful and, and broadcast that to the world. That's certainly a critical part you know, of what we're doing, but this is not a marketing program. This is, you know, a company-wide initiative you know, to better serve the industry and to, you know, help us get to the next chapter uh, in automotive. Visit rayray.com slash me to learn more about Reynolds' vision for the future and discover your next chapter. That's reyrey.com slash me. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. In early December, Stellantis announced a plan to idle its Belvedere assembly plant in Illinois at the end of February. Now, as that date approaches, workers at the production site of the Jeep Cherokee are in limbo. Stellantis reporter Vince Bond Jr. wrote about efforts to save the plant on the front page of this week's edition of Automotive News. I spoke with him about his reporting and some of the workers he spoke with. Vince Bond, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. You have a story out on the front page of this week's Automotive News about the Jeep plant in Belvedere, Illinois. And, you know, it's curious because most of the news lately has been about, you know, big investments in battery plants and electric vehicle assembly plants. But here's a plant that's going dark, idled, if not fully closed. What was the mood like? How did people react to this news that their that their plant is idling this week? Uh, well, there was just a lot of... Uh uncertainty uh you know throughout the city right now among the workers among the uaw uh, it's a really tough time in the last couple of years i guess the writing has been on the wall there's been a lot of uh, layoffs a lot of downtime and so this was just sort of the the cherry on top as far as bad news in, in that area 
And so now they're just looking forward to what's coming next. There's a possibility of an EV sort of hanging in the future, but they don't really know right now. It could be a few months before we even know if they will get something or not. But in the meantime, you know, people are in a bad spot. They have to consider if they're going to move or stay and do something else. So it's just a, a really confusing time. And a lot of folks seemed like they were frustrated, you know, that they haven't had more than one product. Jeep hasn't been reinvesting in that product they have, and they maybe thought they were going to get some other investments. And it just sounds like there's a, a lot of frustration there. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I know one of the workers I spoke to, uh, her name is Nichelle Cruz. And, uh, you know, she's been there for almost uh, about 13 years now. You know, this is what we do. We build vehicles. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for it to come to this, uh, this is this is this is rough. This is rough. It's hard on families. You don't know whether you pack up your house or don't pack or whatever. You know, they don't know what to do with their leases. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's going on right now. Her husband's in a different city. You know, she came there back in 2009 from St. Louis at another plant that closed. And so it's just so much uh, going on. You have to move around and you know try to keep those paychecks coming in. Yeah, her story was, uh, you know, kind of heartbreaking and one that we haven't talked a lot about in recent years, but uh, used to be, you know, almost common when the Detroit Three were closing plants a lot. You know, folks who would move from factory to factory. I think you you said her her husband got laid off from Belvedere, and so he's been working in Toledo. I mean, they've been five hours apart for, you know, going on four years. Uh, you know, that's a that's a lot of strain. So now she's looking for maybe a third plant <laughs> in her career, trying to get maybe to Toledo or, or Detroit to just be able to work and finish out her career. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I was speaking to someone last week and uh, they said that Belvedere is basically a melting pot of workers who have been laid off at other plants <laughs> and have found a home in Belvedere. Right. And now the cycle continues. So often, uh, yeah, such a such a thing. And like you said, there's been some hope that you know one of these uh, some of the, one of these big EV investment announcements could come to Belvedere. The state has a really aggressive incentive program, trying to you know give companies money to help encourage them to invest in the state. What's the outlook there? I mean, obviously they haven't had any success uh, with with Stellantis yet on this. What's what's the outlook? Uh, well, I think the outlook is uh, pretty strong if I had to give my opinion on it. They do have other manufacturers in the, the state right now. I, I believe Rivian is uh, doing some uh, production there, but they've been really aggressive just in the last several years trying to get these companies in to either revamp their existing plants or just build new plants. I think it's going to work. I mean, they've been working with Slantis for a while. I guess they were caught off guard a little bit by the announcement of the, the idling, but the negotiations are ongoing and I'm hearing that it's a pretty lucrative offer on the table uh, at, at this moment. So we could hear some news in the in the coming months. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would be a good candidate for an EV investment, but probably something that wouldn't happen until the UAW negotiations, which don't even start for, you know, six more months. Uh, so kind of a long time for people to be out on unemployment if they're just going to wait for, you know, new product to return to Belvedere. Exactly. Exactly. It's a tough waiting game. It's been a one vehicle plant and, you know, Jeep just hasn't had enough success with that Cherokee. What's been its story? Uh, yeah. So that nameplate returned back in 2013 and it was built in Toledo. And then after a few years, they transferred it over to, to Belvedere. You know, it had pretty solid sales the first couple of years in Belvedere. It topped out at over 230000 in uh, 2018. 
But then after that, there were just a lot of challenges. Chip shortage popped up, COVID. Then they had some shift cuts. And uh, last year, the volume was down about 40,000. It's been tough to keep that plan going on, on that work. Yeah, it's been tough because they have a similar sized Jeep, uh, you know, a mo- another model in the Jeep lineup. It's about the same size, but costs like a third less, uh, the Compass. And so, you know, as we get to through this uh, chip shortage, you know, it's not, I don't know if there was a lack of demand for the Cherokee. They just was lack of demand on Stellantis's part to make them. <laughs> I guess yes, they, yes. they just didn't allocate chips to them. And here they are starved out of, uh, out of chips, starved out of product and, and now going idle. Yeah. And actually the UAW uh, president down there was telling me that, you know, he feels that the branding for that vehicle hasn't been strong. And then of course it's almost going against the, the compass in its own lineup. So it's a confusing story for that vehicle. Yeah, I think he pointed out, you know, they haven't done a lot of marketing behind it. Of course, they've also had some pushback because of bringing back the name. You know, we see a lot more on sports teams where uh, Native American groups uh, don't like having their name commercialized and appropriated. And that is sort of a, a case with the Cherokee. I, I know that's been brought up in the past. And Jeep feels like it's meant as an honorific or an honorable uh, name, but it's it's not appreciated. I think maybe it would be appreciated if they got some money for uh, use of their their name. That's been a real challenge for them. So last week was also the release of earnings for Stellantis, the company formed just over two years ago by the merger of Fiat Chrysler with PSA Group, the Peugeot parent. U.S. CEO Carlos Tavares, what, what he had to say to the people of Belvedere who are getting laid off, you know, at this time, what was his answer? Uh, yeah, so he basically just reiterated a point he's been making for years about EVs. And he's just saying that what Slantis is doing is being guided by the, the governments of different countries. You know, the, the people are voting for these for these governments. They're making the rules and Slantis is going to follow along. And if the governments want them to build EVs, that's what they're going to do. So that means they don't need to build so many gas burning Jeeps. But he also he's talked about, I mean, look, the reality of uh, the economics of EVs, those batteries cost a lot more than an engine and transmission do. So he's looking for cost savings, you know, whether it's uh, from their own direct labor, from their suppliers, from their dealers. Uh, they had great results for 2022, but he's still looking for cost savings to pay for that transition to EVs. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said he has to find those savings one way or another. And so this is one of those ways he's doing it. All right. Vince Bond, automotive news reporter who covers Stellantis. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. You can read more of Vince's reporting on efforts to revive the Belvedere plant on the front page of this week's edition of Automotive News or at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Hans Grimel and Miranda Dunlap for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, EV tax credits, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Lighten's Chief Battery Technology Officer, Selena Mikolajczyk, who was among the pioneers in the early days of Tesla and Panasonic. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.